Welcome. Part 5 of our World Cup series. Um, let's look at Iran for a change. We've been doing mostly Western European uh, countries so far. Let's look at Iran. Um, kind of an ambivalent opinion about Iran, personally. Um, I don't think it quite deserves the bad rap that it has. Um because it's like widely known it's like arch nemesis for the US um, because they're like a global sponsor of terrorism but if you really look at where most terrorism comes from um, well first of all it would of course also be NATO itself but if we want to define terrorism as like Muslim fundamentalist terrorism um, I would say worldwide about 90% of that is uh, perpetrated by Sunni Muslims you look at Boko Haram in Nigeria, you look at Al-Shabaab in Somalia, you look at Al-Qaeda and ISIS, and those are all Sunni Muslims, Taliban, all Sunni Muslims that, um, that believe in the Wahhabism, right? Wahhabism, um, fundamentalist Islamic belief system that originates in Saudi Arabia. Also, 16 out of the 19 um, attackers on 9-11 were from Saudi Arabia, zero from Iran. Um, but yet, for some reason, Saudi Arabia is seen as, as the good guys. So it's always in a conflict between those two. You have, of course, Saudi Arabia, which is, you know, where the Sunni Muslims originate. And then the Shia Muslims, it's, it's Iran. So, yeah, if I have to choose between those two, I don't know. As my, I have a little more sympathy for Iran. Because, um, yeah, of course, the, the Ayatollah is terrible, but they've been... They're way more advanced and um, and liberal in their belief system in, uh, throughout history than Saudi Arabia has. Because if people think that, yeah, okay, all these protests, of course, they're beaten down, what do you think is going to happen in Saudi Arabia if you had protests against the Saudi uh, monarchy? I mean, you don't have them, we don't know, because that would never even happen. So everything that we say about Iran is true about Saudi Arabia too, and then and then some. So of course it doesn't mean that I support you know the Ayatollahs, and I think there's anything good about them. I do find it a bit of a strange coincidence that this whole movement, this peace movement, is starting um, in Iran at about around the same time that Iran is supplying uh, those drones to to Russia. I just don't believe in coincidences. I also don't believe that it's a coincidence that that war in Afghanistan ended and then the new one uh, started uh, in Ukraine. I just think it's a little too uh, too convenient. But anyway, uh, I digress. Uh, Iran. So we're talking about uh, people making statements and how pathetic it was. Like the English taking a knee, of course, they don't pay a price for it. It's easy to make a statement if you don't pay a political price. Because the political price, or the price they would pay for wearing that armband, for instance, uh, was a yellow card. And that's not a price they were willing to pay. So, yeah, it's easy to, you know, signal virtue if you don't pay a price for it. And if that's, like, the mainstream opinion. When it becomes more of a heroic thing is if you go against the grain. And if there's actually a, a price to pay for your statement. Um, and that's, of course, not something that um, any of the Danes or Dutch or English or Germans uh, would do because they, they don't pay a price for it. 
However, the Iranians, on the other hand, um, they decided to not sing along to the national anthem, uh, which may seem insignificant for us, but for Iran and for the Iranian regime, that that is a very big deal because that's like a way for them to show themselves on the world stage. Soccer is enormous. Um, like probably right right after the, the religion is soccer. And it's a way for them to, to show themselves to the world. So you cannot underestimate the importance of the World Cup soccer and how many people watch it in the Middle East, but also across the world. So for them, that's like humiliation uh, in the eyes of the rest of the world. So uh, that actually could have major re- repercussions for those players. And that was actually a very brave uh, thing to do. So it just makes everything else look even more pathetic. Like we in the West, we're not even willing to risk a yellow card, but these players, they are willing to risk, you know, their safety and that of their families. Because I guarantee there's going to be pressure and people are going to be rounded up and there's going to be some uh, some form of revenge in one form or another. Um, of course, you know, it's much more relevant for them because they are Iranian and they... They have to live or their family has to live under that, that regime. Um, but it was still a, a brave thing to do for them. And I just think the contrast between them actually doing something that could also lead to actual change. Because like millions of people watch those games, Iranians watch those games, they feel, they feel empowered which is not a word I like to use, but in this case, it's actually true. Like, it lowers the threshold for them to also protest. So it could actually lead to something, unlike, you know, covering your mouth or whatever, wearing a black T-shirt. Um, so, yeah, anyway, I thought it was brave. And uh, Next game, by the way, in the third round of the, uh, of the group stage, it's going to be Iran against America. So that's going to be uh, very interesting for, for many reasons. So we'll probably have something to, to report on uh, after the game. So till then, uh, signing off.